Hello and welcome to episode 6 of Upgrade on Relay FM. This episode of Upgrade is brought to you by our friends at Smile with Text Expander, where you can type more with less effort, and Hover, Simplified Domain Management. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by the magnificent Mr. Jason Snell. Hi, Mike. How's it going? I'm very well, sir. How are you? Uh, I am I am fascinated by the idea that some of our sponsors are our friends, and some of them you didn't call them our friends, and I, I'm waiting for the first sponsor who is our enemy. They're all our friends. <laughs> no, but wouldn't it be great if one of our enemies sponsored us? Just oh. to infiltrate us? <laughs> Brought to you by our enemies at Microsoft. <laughs> and just roll with it. I, I, I just It's a dream I have one day to be sponsored by an enemy. Because that's when you really got them. When the enemies have to sponsor you. Well, I'll get working on that. All right. If hey, any I'm, of our I'm, enemies would like to sponsor us, you can mm. go to relay.fm slash sponsor. Yeah. And just put enemy in the subject line of the email <laughs> that's you right. It will give you the uh, enemy discount, which is a higher rate. Yes. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm calling to you from the future. Hello. Hello, future man. Here here in the future, we have Retina IMAX, and we pay for things with our phones. Big show today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It's a big day today. Busy day today. Yeah, Crazy. Very busy. Yeah. I'm using Yosemite, and it's making me really upset. Uh-oh. Maybe maybe we could talk about that a little later. Yeah, maybe so. so. I've been using it for a while now and there was a period in there in the in the betas where I uh I was unable to do most things relating to audio, which is a problem for, you know, Whoa. podcasting. <laughs> uh, but it's been pretty good lately. That was that was when I ended up using that the Marco method that I wrote about where I ended up doing all my live streaming from an external box via my iPad because oh, that was why I thought you were that, just being fancy. Yeah, I didn't I didn't want to I didn't want to throw a beta of Yosemite under the bus, but Nicecast stopped working. Uh, for a while, uh, it was weird and choppy and all of that, and so I just gave up. And you know, eliminating software from the equation, or at least your Mac software, um, can be good for things involving audio sometimes. But that's I've been using Yosemite fine lately. The machine that I'm currently talking to you on is still running Snow Leopard. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we had one of those at at, uh, at IDG for a long time. That was, uh, I think, I mean, I assume it's still there. It still had a snow leopard on a partition. It was there were certain things in sound sound related that we could not do if we uh, went to even Lion. I'm just I'm just scared. No, yeah. I'm on Lion. Sorry, I'm on Lion. I'm oh okay. Um, well, what's o- wrong with you then? I'm only on Lion <laughs> because of Logic Pro 10. Otherwise, I'd still be on like Leopard or something. Mm. I just I just don't like to touch this machine in any way. Where I don't have to. Yeah, well, I, I, I get it. And that's why so many things... At, at XOXO, somebody um, recommended an audio plugin uh, for a voice uh, from... Oh, I can't remember the name now. The name of the plugin is Renaissance Vox. It's from... God, what's the name of the company? Waves, I think. And, um, you know, it, you can you can download a, a, a demo, but <laughs> not if you're running Yosemite. Because they're one of those companies that, like, they'll qualify all of their products for the new OS, like, by the time the next OS comes out. Because they're careful. And, I, you know, it, it annoys those of us on the on the cutting edge. But, uh, you know, I, I understand why they're careful about that stuff. Do we have some follow-up? <sighs> oh, Mike, of course we have <laughs> The day I I know I don't want to say that I was gonna say the day we don't have follow up is the day that this show ends. But you just make it up. But I would indeed I would I would say let me follow up what people are emailing me about other unrelated things. Let's just read some emails that I got. Like Jason, you may have already won. (laughs) Oh, Target was sending some vouchers today. That's good. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, there's a house down the block who's that's for sale. We could go look at it on Sunday. Um, follow up, uh, listener. We, we so we talked last week about uh, jet lag a little bit, mm-hmm. and listener Manuel wrote in to say that he uses the exact same technique that I mentioned, which is, you know, whenever you get to your destination, you stay up until it's nighttime, as stay as late as you can until you reach, ideally, you reach bedtime in wherever you are, or at least as close to it as you can manage before you pass out. And he said, it works great. Uh, But then he goes on to say, I'm afraid it might change when I get older. I'm 25. Did you handle jet lag better before? Better before. Before what, Manuel? Before I became an old man of 44 years old? Yes, let me tell you, back in the day... um, are you calling me old Manuel? Is that, is that what is that what you're insinuating here? When I was 25, we didn't have was, planes. Well, to be honest, when I when I was in my 20s, I didn't travel anywhere requiring any notable amount of jet lag. I didn't leave the continent of North America, I guess Hawaii accepted until I was uh, just about to turn 30. So uh, I can't tell you how amazing I, I a jet lag fighter I was. Uh, I, I haven't noticed any difference. I, I, I feel like this isn't something that's related to age. But, you know, maybe old people, truly ancient, old, wizened people have problems with jet lag. I don't know. I'm not one of those. That's all I'm saying. Or maybe you only just get 25 years of your life in which you can experience jet lag. Interesting. So you have, like, until you're 55 and then you can't can't fly anymore. That's possible. Or you, do, you can fly, but you have to book, like, an extra day to just uh, process your de- your jet lag before you can move about do about your go about your business. I don't know. When we went on my first international trip, my wife and I went to uh, to your your place to the UK and I remember we flew overnight and we got into Heathrow at like 6 a.m. and it's really hard to do the stay up until night when you haven't slept all all day and now it's daytime again and it's the start of it. And I remember we took the bus from London to Bath and we started in Bath and the whole bus ride um, I, I just I have memories of all of those towns that are between London and Bath, just uh, through the haze of like falling asleep and then waking up and falling, just nodding off. Oh, so, that like, horrible Swindon like, head full like down. Swindon. I, I I passed out and woke up and we were in Swindon and I went <laughs> okay and then I passed out again. But yeah, uh, but it's a long know, bus ride. It it is, but uh, it was good because the the idea there is you you start outside of London and you ra- you wrap up in London and then you're not jet lagged anymore when you're back in the city and can take advantage of being in London, which I actually thought was a really good uh, good strategy. There's a guy uh, Rick Steves who writes travel books uh, for Americans to go to Europe, and that was his recommendation. We basically followed his like ten day uh, UK uh, trip plan, and uh, it worked pretty well. And that was our first big international uh, trip that we took together. Um, but yeah, we did, I think we slept for an hour, like in the middle of the day, just because we were going to pass out. And then after that, even though we were kind of loopy, we, we stayed awake until nighttime and I don't know, but we were only, we, you know, 29 and 28 at that point, Manuel. So is that old? You tell me, I don't know. <laughs> the best um, tour of England in 14 days by Rick Steves. Yeah. There's a picture oh, there's, of Bath right on the top. There, there's good. I mean, we, we did, we did, I think ours was 10, but it was, we, we went, uh, to the Cotswolds and the Lake District and York and Yorkshire and uh, Edinburgh, all the way up to Edinburgh, and then took the train back to London and spent three days in London. It was pretty awesome. You got a nice country there, Mike. Yeah, we're pretty lucky. And it's still together. Hooray. Yeah, that's right. I, I didn't need a passport check going into Edinburgh, and you still you still don't. Um, listener Thomas, by the way, 
Uh, also, uh, he he is of the opinion that it's coming home is always easier, and I suppose that's true in some way. I'm not sure I buy it uh, jet lag wise. I, I I think flying west is is generally better than flying east. And when I've gone to Hawaii, I uh, I have not felt the jet lag going to Hawaii and coming home from Hawaii. I have felt the jet lag, so I'm I'm kind of buying the it's easier to go west than east. But yeah, I disagree with Thomas as well. Yeah. It's it's always easier for me to go to the states than to come home. Yeah. See, there you go. We solved it. Sorry, Thomas. Welcome to Jet Lag Talk with Jason. Uh, I know. I feel like the first five minutes of every episode is going to be some other podcast that just dropped in <laughs> that we that we were, are going to do one episode of, and then it's only ten, five minutes long, and then we're done. This is and how we serve the verticals, Jason. Yeah, that's right. It's it's the vertical podcast. We should have called it that. It's just five minutes of obscurity, followed by five minutes of a completely different kind of obscurity, followed by follow-up. Um uh, so last week also we talked, we we had the little pre-show bit, which was t- literally our pre-show conversation that you stuck in, which was mm-hmm. great, um, where we were talking about um, uh, ringtones and alarm clocks and, and uh, using podcast theme songs as alarm tones and and your feelings about that, that sound that wakes you up at five in the morning. And I played xylophone, which is the sound that somebody pointed out is actually a marimba, not a xylophone, which may actually be true, but it's called xylophone, whatever instrument demon instrument makes it um, don't they have a marimba there is a marimba called marimba so and, maybe but, they just want marimba one and marimba two <laughs> exactly and, and so they, they felt it was xylophone even if it wasn't a xylophone anyway the point is i'm not the only one who uses xylophone as their alarm sound and i heard from several people who heard me play xylophone on the pre-show uh last week and freaked out because like me that is a bad sound and, mm-hmm. and then some other people shared other um awful sounds that basically I think our thesis was proven correct, which is that noise you use to wake yourself up. You grow to hate that noise. And so don't put anything you like, um, in that, in, as your alarm clock sound ever, ever. So that was, we learned something. Um, listener Patrick wrote in, uh, following up about what we were talking about a few weeks ago about streaming services, uh, and how uh, Netflix tends to have TV shows and movies just vanish one day. Um, and he, and we said that that didn't really happen so much with music. And this is probably the exception that proves the rule. But uh, he said that uh, there's a well-known rapper in Germany who removed all of his albums from streaming services one day as some sort of a protest about the uh, about the probably the economics of streaming services. So it can happen. Like I said, I think it's uh, less common, but it can happen that... Uh, even your favorite music can disappear from uh, from your services. This Talking was about, uh, but popular rapper, not David Hasselhoff, by the way. But. Talking about music and streaming services, interesting fact that came out today. In the U.S., there's only been one album that has sold over one million copies this year, and that's Disney's Frozen soundtrack. So potentially this year, no artist will go platinum. Huh. It's definitely streaming services that's causing yeah. that, in my opinion. I think you're right. It's a pretty interesting fact, though, right? 2014 could be the year of the last platinum album. Could be. Well, I mean, U2 doesn't count because they cheated. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't have got it. I mean... <laughs> well, no, because they gave it... Because Apple bought a billion copies to give away, right? Yeah. 
but they, they're not allowed to do that. Uh, while we were talking about streaming, we also talked about Netflix and being spoiled. Both of us talked about being spoiled about House of Cards. And listener Brian wrote in uh, with a link to where he got spoiled, which was ironically enough, Netflix has a funny little site that people should check out if they if they want a little chuckle, which is spoilers.netflix.com, which is like an interactive quiz about are you a terrible person who spoils things? Um, and, and apparently it will also spoil you about things. So thanks, Brian, for sending that in. That made me laugh. Um, listener Kyle, Kyle the Gray, and uh, and listener Joe Steele. <laughs> like a superhero team. Kyle the Gray and Joe Steele? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, you can't. When they when they when their powers merge and they form Gray Steel, which is like a giant robot, um, and it's is Steel always Gray. I, it might be kind of a redundant name, but it doesn't matter. Gray Steel, uh, amazing uh, superhero. Uh, the, the occasionally Kyle the Gray and Joe Steel. Anyway, um, superhero talk with Jason and Mike. Here we are, <laughs> imaginary superheroes we've known. Anyway, they both. Um, they both just sent in some nice feedback when we were talking about conferences and WWDC and Singleton and Ool, um, just about how much they, even though they're uh, Kyle, what Kyle described himself as totally not an app developer, but um, still loved going to WWDC because they met so many people. Joe said, I think we're groupies to that. And, uh, you know, I, I would say uh, that what you call that is a community, that this is the this is the sign that there is a real community with real people who like to meet each other and talk and have a good time. And um, I think that's a really healthy thing that, that people um, have an emotional attachment to this community and want to be a part of it. And uh, when things like Macworld Expo are going away, um, uh, these little conferences and WWDC, even if you're not a practicing programming developer, are places for community. Um, and so I thought that was really good feedback. And it's totally true. I mean, when you and I both go to WWDC, it's... Uh, we see so many people there. It's just an amazing experience. Just fun. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't sit in a room in Moscone and learn about the latest APIs, that's uh, kind of, for people like us, it's kind of beside the point. <laughs> Never written a line of code, not one. Nope. I've got some terrible Apple script. I don't think that counts. And basic, 10 print, hello, 20, go to 10. I was really good at that. At least you've done some web stuff. Mm-hmm. That's true. I wouldn't call that programming, though. Nobody, no, yeah, that's just, web pages isn't programming, it's just web pages. Oh, um, <laughs> well, that'll Follow be up for, for next week's for show. Time. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, like, JavaScript is programming. If you use JavaScript in your, in, your, in your web pages, it's scripting or programming, I would say, but I'm terrible at JavaScript. But like HTML and CSS, I don't know, that's something, that feels different to me. Listener Oz, I wanted to say, great name, um... Had a, had a suggestion following up on our, our successful hunt for a euphemism for the thing that you say to she who shall not be named uh, to activate her. Uh, suggested that we go, somebody should go into an Apple store and then shout, Ahoy telephone! Uh, or perhaps, that's the code, shout the actual thing and see what happens. Uh, so oh, you, yeah, uh, shout you the actual thing. Yeah, yeah. Don't shout away telephone. People will you'll be ushered out if that happens. But <laughs> if you shout the thing that we're using ahoy telephone as code for, uh, what will happen is Apple has Apple shut shut that feature off, or will uh, like a million iPhones and iPads appear and uh, and uh, start talking to you? I don't because know. They are all plugged in, right? Right. But they may have the that ahoy telephone feature turned off. I don't yeah. know. Well, lots of people do lots of really weird things in Apple stores anyway, so, you know, like all the dancing videos and such. 
That's true. They may be used to it. It's just another viral video. Somebody shouting ahoy telephone. Whatever. Waiting to happen. Yeah. And that's all the follow-up, Mike. Right, let's take a moment to talk about our friends, Jason. Ah, our good. friends at Hover. Don't want to make an enemy of Hover. You do not. They no. are our friends. Quite simply, Hover, said like that, is the best way to buy and manage domain names. It's the place of choice for many, including me, and has been for so many years. When I have a new project that I'm working on or I have a crazy idea for a domain that I want to buy, Hover is the first place that I go because they make every single point of the process easy. They make the searching really easy, so I just throw some keywords in or I throw in the exact domain that I want. They show me what's available. They show me some variations, and I can just buy up as many or as few as I want with just a few clicks. You're not faced with thousands of screens to buy tons of add-ons at ridiculous prices. They don't try and trick you into buying email hosting. They don't try and trick you into thinking about who is privacy and stuff like that. This is what this is kind of the main thing that I love about Hover is they just respect me as a customer. And that's why I love to recommend them to people, including all of you lovely people. It's super easy to find the domains that you need because they have all of the TLDs that you want. They have .com, .co, .me. They have all the fancy, funky new ones like .london and .coffee. I think I saw .nyc and .club are coming soon, which fantastic. I mean, everybody wants a .nyc, right? think so. Um, and whilst I'm talking about these TLDs, Hover have recently lowered all their prices on the over 200 options that they have. For example, .com is now clocking in at $12.99 in US dollars. And they still include who is privacy for free because Hover believe that you should keep your private information private. They have fantastic things like their uh, valet transfer service where Hover take all of the hassle away from switching from your current provider. They just... You just give them the keys that they need to your current provider and they'll just switch it all for you. And they do this absolutely for free. They have volume discounts for bulk domain renewals, custom email addresses, storage and forwarding, and so much more cool stuff. So go now to hover.com and try them out. Use the code iPadMega, I-P-A-D-M-E-G-A at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase at hover.com and show your support for upgrade. That's iPadMega to get 10% off. Thank you. To Hover for sponsoring this episode and for supporting Relay FM. I what was really kind of going for it with the iPad Mega. What is the iPad Mega, Mike? I, it was, it was when I was uh, giving the codes to to Hover for uh, this week's shows last week. It was in my hope that there would be a bigger iPad um, as an interesting thing to talk mm. about, and and I went with iPad Mega. Um, but no, uh, alas, iPad Mega, we did not receive. So, Apple yes. event. <laughs> yeah, how long ago was that now? It feels like forever ago. It was like five days ago. That is basically forever. Well, four days ago, maybe. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Apple event. I was there. It felt, Mike, it felt like I, I was in the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's like a new, new beginnings for Jason Snell. Uh, I went to the last one knowing it was my last event for Macworld. And it was all like, drink it in. I'm going to, you know, am I going to see any of these people again? And I thought, yeah, maybe, but you never know. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to just appreciate this. This is the last one. Um, and honestly, for the last year, every time I go to one of these, I've been thinking, is this the last one? Because I've been thinking of leaving. And, uh, but I knew that last one. So now I'm at, at a month later, I'm at another Apple event. And it's not all the same people because it's a much smaller group. But it's like, you know, the usual suspects are all there and I'm there. 
and uh and that was weird because it did it felt a little bit like um you know all these changes have happened in my life and now i'm here with these people again and but i have this new role and i you know i'm with my own thing and like I said, somebody at Apple referred to me a, a, a few weeks ago in an email as like a independent thought leader or an independent media something. I was like, okay, is that what I am now? <laughs> what is my role? So, Thanks for uh, defining me. And and I always used to pick up uh, Dan Morin at the BART station on my way down to Cupertino and pit, and uh, and we'd ride down together because he'd stay in a hotel down in San Francisco. And, you know, Dan wasn't out. He was watching. It's the first Apple event he's missed since the iPhone launch the wow. original iphone launch which he missed because we made him go to ces instead oh. <laughs> poor guy wow. poor guy i know uh, he i'm surprised he doesn't hate me for that he's got other reasons i suppose to hate me but that would be enough that would be, be high up and um so he he you know he wasn't out um uh, but uh at singleton i was talking to gruber and he said uh he said uh you know you're not, you know, basically it was like, you're not going through downtown on your way to, to Cupertino or something. Cause he stays, he stays downtown at a hotel in downtown San Francisco. And I said, well, I always had Dan just pop over on the BART. It's like 10 minute ride on the train. And then I pick, pick him up. And so I was, I was, in addition to being an independent uh, thought leader or whatever I am, I am also John Gruber's driver. Well, so now so, you've yeah. gone from, you know, picking up your colleague to like to picking up, you know, just like your your industry buddy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, it was it was it was fun and it was a good conversation. We started it was very much like an episode of the talk show. We started talking about baseball and then we moved on to Apple analysis. And at several points I thought to myself, I it's really a shame that we're that we're not recording this because this is a podcast happening in a or or two halves of a podcast happening to and from because I drove him back in that car. But um podcasts yeah, so, in cars going to so, Apple events. Yeah, so it was <laughs> it was so much like it used to be at these events except it was different. You know, the people were a little different. Dan Frakes was there um and uh, we almost never sent him from Macworld and yet he yeah, now leaving Macworld he finally gets to go to an Apple event. Uh and so I got to see him and I uh, got to see my usual, you know, people and Susie from Macworld was there, so I got to say hi to her and give her a high five cuz she's working really hard to to keep uh, Macworld up and running. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, so it was weird. <laughs> it was weird being there. And then, you know, it's, it wasn't the usual thing because we went through R&D1, which is uh, the main entrance right next to the company uh, store, the main entrance, which is not where you usually go for these town hall events. In the past, you would drive around the backside of the loop, park uh, behind, uh, behind the whole loop structure um and then uh walk over to r&d i don't know four and uh that's where the town hall is and they they would basically check you in right there and there'd be this little narrow room that you would hang out in and maybe there was some like coffee on the side or something and then later they they had like an upstairs that was still crowded but they had some food up there and they didn't do that this time this time they had us go through the main entrance it's like the third time i've ever been through the main doors at r&d you know at one infinite loop so that was kind of cool. And then they had like Apple, I think they were retail people, stationed the the entire walkway through the center of the campus leading over to the cafeteria um, and to where the town hall is. Like, you know, essentially as security, they were helpful people who were there to, so that you didn't like run off course and go somewhere else at Apple that you weren't supposed to be at. Um, but they're, they're with a smile and, uh, and, and so they, le- they, they did, we walked through the center of campus and then over to this little, uh, uh, corner behind the building where the town hall 
uh, area is, and and that was our waiting area. So it was it was really nice. I, you can tell that with Katie Cotton having left, that whoever's doing because events were her bag, and with her gone, whoever's doing the events now is rethinking everything they do, even down to the. I realize this is inside baseball, but like where the where the journalists and VIPs come in, and wh- you know where you put them before you uh, load up the. The, the building. Once we got in there, it was town hall. It was the usual tiny, crowded, uh, really small space kind of thing. But it's fascinating to see, just even for little stuff like that, that there it's just not the same as it was a year ago. And you know, at, at, and it had been that same playbook for years before that. Do you find it a better experience now? Uh, well, I mean, they're 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 taking better care of us. I don't think I don't know if anybody else cares about that. But that you know, the fact that they have they're using their own catering to feed us beforehand and stuff, and like instead of us just sort of standing in a huddle for an hour waiting to go in, um, you know, it was a little more conversational. But um, the actual event, you know, uh, town hall they redid town hall I think to increase the capacity and also they put power at every seat. But the result is that it's it's like a really crowded uh, college lecture hall or something, um, and it's it's really cramped. So it's not really that comfortable. There's very little leg room. Uh, it's a it's a tight fit. But you know, again, we're at an Apple event. It doesn't. It's not really about us. Um, that's all inside baseball stuff. But you know, they they've made changes. It's interesting. This was a grab bag too. I mean, to talk about the actual event, this was a grab bag. This was when they when they sent out those invitations that said uh, it's been it's been too long. I think in hindsight we can very clearly say they're just making a joke about how how they they did a big event a month ago, and it's literally like here's what was left over. <laughs> we let's get this all. We got a bunch of other stuff. Even the intro at the beginning of the event was like Tim Cook saying, "Hey, we got a bunch of stuff that we want to get out before the end of the year. So here it is." <laughs> I find it interesting that they that they used the coloured logo, like the thin lined coloured logo. Yeah, I who knows? They're 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 doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I don't know. I don't know. It's uh it's interesting. Hmm. I don't know. I, 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 I was happy to be there. Quite honestly, that was like number one in my mind was boy, I'm glad I got invited to this because I just didn't I, I I kind of expected that I would not um, if I had to pick, but um, I was very happy to be asked to go. So then John got a ride. Um, How was it like live blogging? You went with Twitter in the end, right? Yeah, we did Twitter. Uh, We talked about that last week, what we were going to do. And I decided rather than go with the weird kind of open source free uh, hosted, we don't know how they make their money kind of platform, which could also have gotten, you know, crashed immediately or doesn't do weird things insert ads i I don't know we just decided to do twitter embed so we put a twitter embed on the six colors website and then i created an account that's uh, at six colors event um and then dan morin and i tweeted from there during the event me in the building and dan doing some jokes and color commentary and things from his uh, place back in in Massachusetts, and I enjoyed uh, it, it a lot. Fun. Actually, I, I I thought it was quite funny, especially when you two were arguing <laughs> about things. I enjoyed it; it was funny. Yeah, it's it's uh, it was it worked okay, and I think the tweet tweet length is fine for that. And we we didn't want to 
especially when it's already being live streamed, you're really at you're hitting the highlights and doing some commentary and not trying to provide a transcript of what everybody's about. You know, we were 30 seconds or a minute ahead. So like a transcript of what you're about to hear is sort of pointless. So it, it was uh, I was happy with it. I think we'll do it again like that. Um, that was a compromise between doing the the grouper thing of sitting there with your pencil and just pondering <laughs> and doing the full out like uh crazy frantic typing i mean i took some pictures too but again i didn't feel like the need to um document every last thing that happened on the stage i just took some pictures for illustration and dragged them into the twitter uh client and posted them and that was nice too that worked out pretty well and then i put i I saved those uh, i shared those out so our buddy uh mr mr uh teachy uh used them on mac stories which was nice too teach Teach, uh, buddy. Teach, teach. Federico Viticci. I'll just say that, and I also want to apologize to Federico for my terrible impression of him uh, on the last show. Uh, it was terrible. I apologize to all of Italy, um, but it was a much better impression if you could see my hand gestures. That those were good. Hmm. Anyway, a lot of people said that the event was boring. Um, yeah. What was your impression being it, there? Did it feel it's a lot way? less boring when you're frantically typing and taking pictures and uploading them and things. It's a lot less boring then. It's very, it's really hard. It's just like people talk about the little finger thing with uh, Tim and Bono, and like we didn't even see that. We were in the back row. There are people standing up in front of us. I, I so your your perspective when you when you're there versus watching it as a as a show on your computer or on your TV or something is totally different. So uh, covering it. I get, I get it because the first half hour, I mean, Dan and I both said this in the live blog, the first half hour, half hour was like things that everybody already knows. And, and literally, if you follow this stuff closely, that part was totally boring because Apple was doing that because Apple, Apple wanted to set the stage. I, something I learned, something I learned uh, writing about OS X actually over the years is that we would write these stories about OS X when it was announced at WWDC and it'd be like everything you need to know about OS 10.3 or whatever. And, um, and then months would pass and the OS would be about ready to come out and you'd think, boy, this is all old news. And people would be like, Hey, there's a new version of OS 10. What should I know about it? Like literally there, there is the universe of people who, who care so much that they, uh, they knew it the moment that it was announced at WWDC. And then there's this whole other universe of people who uh, don't care until it pops up on their computer saying there's an update to Yosemite. And at that moment, they're like, oh, Yosemite, what is this? Tell me more. And I, I feel like this that, that 30 minutes of this Apple event, it was for those people and for the for the press who who reached those people. It's not it's for the more casual uh, users of Apple products uh you can't you can't announce an os in june detail all of its features and then when october comes around just release it and not say anything right like we mm-hmm. already said everything that there is to say about this so here it is you remember that thing from months ago here it is so you, you gotta tell that story but if the people already know the story it's really boring and that's that's that was the deal it was like continuity we've seen that before you know, Yosemite, we've seen that before, but um, they needed to do it because, or at least they, f- I understand why they feel the need to do it because not everybody is paying attention to what happened uh, in at WWDC. Just for those of us who were, yeah, it was a repeat. 
I mean, that's what Dan said, I think, in our Twitter thing was, I think this is a repeat. <laughs> like, I was, I was waiting. I've seen this one. Yeah, is Steve Jobs in this one? I think I've seen this <laughs> one before. And it was a little bit like that for the first, yeah, first half hour, 40 minutes, certainly. There was, like, no news at See, all. It's tough, it's tough to watch, but I get why they do it. This is their time where they are able to talk about all the things they want people in the world to know about. So if they've got some stuff that they want to say about OS ten, or they just want to show OS ten again, then show it. And if you know, you could tell that they were aware of that because they tried to make the whole thing humorous. Comedy, yeah. Entertaining. I actually liked the extent even though it was an extended comedy bit, and I know people don't like that, uh, or or some people don't like that. I actually thought the Colbert thing was fine. But what I liked about it was that it was trying to throw a whole lot of continuity context at you in a way where you almost like don't it wasn't like and now i'm going to do this see this feature and now i'm going to do it felt a little more natural it wasn't natural but it felt like uh they did a whole bunch of things they did a whole bunch of things that were all continuity without it being like let me list let me show you the five things you can do with continuity it was more like here's a story where continuity is useful and you know, yeah. I mean, they were, so they tried to make it different. And they tried to make it funny, and I like the Colbert bits. I thought that was, I thought that was kind of amusing, and and I like Apple poking fun of it at itself, the doubling down on secrecy, that was good jokes, and the flying, you know, flying uh, campus spaceship thing. That was, I thought that was fine because that was, um, that that is, you, you get away with a little bit more if you're poking fun at yourself, which is what they were doing. The Colbert bit was actually the bit that I found the least entertaining, and and I think. I think that there might be an element of just like I don't really know about much about right. him, so I, I think that there's a lot of like carryover. Um, I saw a lot of people say they felt like it was a very U.S. centric show too. That like these yeah. are jokes. These are jokes that make sense to America to all the Americans who work at Apple and 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 li- you know they're they're all even if they're not Americans they're they're living in the U.S. and uh, maybe out, outside of the U.S. it didn't pay, play quite as well because Stephen Colbert is like. He's someone I know because people tweet about him. Hmm. You know, like if I I can't I can't watch anything from his show because comedy. Is, he's on comedy. Is it not? Is he on Comedy Central or is yeah, it somebody else? He's on right after John Stewart. Although he's going to be David Letterman's replacement at right. CBS. Oh yes, I remember that. Yeah, like any links to to clips are just banned, and it's like you should go to a different yeah. country. And it's like, mm, yes, okay, thank you. I was trying to so, tell you something, Mike. I think so. But um, I, I enjoyed the handshake video. I thought that was quite funny. Uh, it's interest. It's an interesting move. It's very different. I can see why they do it. It's. It's. Uh, I think we just need a little bit more time for it to bed in. And I think Apple need to get used to, to the amount of comedy that they want. I think. Yeah. I think that the WWDC presentation, Craig's WWDC presentation. I think that was just the right amount of comedy. Mm. I think there was maybe a little bit too much this time, but I can I know I can see why they did it because they know they had to reshow all this stuff. So let's turn it into a fun keynote presentation instead. Well, WWDC was like jokes in the presentation. Yeah. And this was like skits in the presentation. Like let's stop the presentation to do a bit instead of Federici just having funny examples as he went through it. Uh, which is more of what it was at WWDC. But I get I mean, I think this is all part of the same thing, which is this was a repeat. They knew it was a repeat. They tried to make it a little bit more palatable by coding it in zaniness. But uh, yeah, it was a repeat. Uh, until they got to the hardware, 
Uh, there was nothing nothing new here. I mean, <laughs> I mean, a lot new. of that, to be fair, is pretty much a repeat as well. Yeah, well, it, that's true. But at least <laughs> at least there were tidbits there in a way that there were not with the with the. Uh, yeah, well, you know, you get you get a, everything spoiled um, in advance, yep. and uh, yeah, I mean, everybody. If if you're watching a live Apple event, waiting for that one moment of the thing that just didn't leak and was totally rumor free, and it's going to blow your mind. I I feel like you're never going to be satisfied because there's that's just not that doesn't happen anymore. You'll that get just, it once every couple of years, and we had ours last month. You know. Yeah, I watched. Yeah, and even, even then, a lot of the it. details, a lot of the details leaked, but but there were a lot that weren't mm-hmm. uh, that didn't leak. But that, that's a rare occurrence for a mm-hmm. brand new product, or it's or it's something that's a surprise, like when they did their uh, when they did whatever that was, Mountain Lion, where it was just out of the blue and nobody re- realized it was going to happen. But that's so rare. Yeah, yeah, software is easier to do though, isn't it? I guess than hardware. Yeah, well, hardware if, it's in, if it's inside Cupertino, they can keep a, keep a, a lid on it. AF Waller in the chat room pointing out Swift. You know, I was sitting right next what? to Syracuse when they announced that. That was a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, they can do if it's in Cupertino. It's got a, and and doesn't require partners. Uh, you know, bring in third party developers to try out this new thing. The the more locked down it is in Cupertino, the more likely it is to not leak because they're pretty good about about that stuff. Let's talk about the real darling of the show, the Mac Mini. Yes, they spent at least like 30 seconds on the Mac Mini. It got more time than the iPad Mini. (laughs) Almost as much time as the iPad Mini. Two, three? With. uh, I I don't, that's just, yeah, depressing. Mac Mini got updated. Uh, Lots of people, it's been two years. People were really excited the Mac Mini got updated. I saw it on the slide, and it's like, hey, Mac Mini also getting updated today with no information. I didn't expect information. Anybody who cares about the Mac Mini, you know. Don't it getting its its existence being acknowledged on stage at an Apple event is like that's the checkbox. That's like yeah. I can't believe they admitted that they make this thing because they're not going to talk about it proudly. That's never going to happen. Uh, just admit that it exists and and give us an update. And so yeah. I was pretty excited um, by that that it got an update because it's been two years and fact, I was in market you know, for one. The fact that it wasn't just a, a, a like quiet refresh, you know, that's a good thing, at least. Yeah. Um, then I found the specs out, and I was not as excited anymore. Why? <laughs> well, a um, couple things. I mean, one, um, and listener Brian, actually, this is not follow-up quite, but listener feedback nonetheless, listener Brian pointed out that it's essentially the same processor that's in that sad, cheap iMac that they rolled out last year that's like the lowest of the low iMacs, where um, Macworld did a bunch of testing about it and basically said, um, you could buy this, but why? It's like, it's already... It's already slow, and for $150 more or something, you can get one that's modern, and instead it's this old processor. Well, that's the bottom of the Mac Mini line now, and it's the same thing. If you if you try to configure it, it won't let you upgrade the processor. you got to go... The 499 is, like with that low, low, low-priced iMac, it's to get you in the door, but mm-hmm. it has no options. Like, if you want... I think you can upgrade the RAM, but that's it. Um, if you want anything better you need to move up out of the 499 model to one of the higher end models so that's that's kind of sad um but the really super sad thing is that they used to make um surprisingly high-end mac minis at the at the high end of the configuration tree you could do a quad core processor and like like on the imax and you can't now the mac mini is a dual core only 
uh, machine. And as somebody who is looking at getting a Mac Mini, because my dual-core MacBook Air is just not quite fast enough for doing some video stuff and video streaming, which I'd like to do more of for uh, for the incomparable, like for our D&D podcast, um, I, I was looking at that quad-core Mini. Well, the quad-core Mini's gone. It's gone. If you want quad-core... You want more than two cores in a in a uh, in a desktop. You need the iMac or the Mac Pro at this point. The the Mac Mini is is uh, so it's become a lower end uh, product than it used to be. It, it, and the, the server configuration is gone too. They used to have this high end two two terabyte drive. It was the only more than one terabyte drive configuration in Apple's product line for any product, and it's gone. Um, that they they're not that they're not selling that anymore. So the Mac Mini has sort of been redefined down i think i think i might get one i know so, that sounds crazy what well, yeah you, you, you crazy you crazy guy what so what would make you want to get one so i i want to upgrade the production machine good um, word upgrade i like it thank you I, I like it too it's uh because i'm using a mac mini at the moment um and it's got a spinning disc yeah in it. Mm. um and i don't i don't want an imac um for for a silly reason, but a reason that's important to me, uh, I just want dedicated audio in and audio out. Right. Um, the iMac doesn't have that. My only two options then are the Mac Mini and the Mac Pro, and mm. I I don't need a Mac. I just don't need a Mac Pro. Right. So, quite simply, I don't need one. So I can upgrade the Mac Mini, um, and you know I can, I can do it for about. I mean, I know they're not comparable, but the, I, I can do it for about a thousand pounds cheaper than buying the iMac. Uh, retina and that's with 16 gigabytes of ram maxed out um, processor and 512 megabytes of uh, solid state so that uh, that will be more than enough in power for the podcasting stuff sure um so i'm thinking about i'm thinking about going that route in the near in the not too distant future i think that's perfectly sensible i just am so sad that they're not letting you configure that with the quad core it is frustrating because um, that that's just I mean again it was there and now it's gone it's like they they had that quad core you could get it in dual core it was default dual core but you could go up to the quad core if you wanted to and they've just decided you know they're not going to do that that this is this is one of those areas where Apple has withholding features because they they basically are saying if you want that you need to pay us more money but the Mac Mini is such a different product than the iMac and the Mac Pro as you pointed out that it's a, it's kind of a shame that that, that it's just not an option. It is a shame because the Retina, uh, which we're going to talk about in a minute, is priced very well here. Um, it's right, it's one, like £2,000? £2,000, which is very surprising for, for it to be less than the US dollar amount, you know, like for it not to be £2,500. Um, that is an incredible amount of machine for that money. Uh, but it's... I, and look, I know that there are little... There are little dongles you can get that you can plug in that will split the audio in and out. I just don't. I just want it. I just want a dedicated mm. audio in and audio out. It's always good for backup, I think. Um, the more audio-related ports I can have, considering what I do, the better I feel. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So should, mm. we, uh, should we take a break for our second sponsor and then talk about iPads and then the, the Retina iMac a bit more? I think that's a good idea. I hope this next sponsor is also a friend and not an enemy. Oh, these these are friends. These these are great friends. This is our friends that smile. Oh, they are our friends. Hooray! <laughs> you don't want to get in a you don't want to get in a knife fight in a dark alley with smile. I'm our glad they're on our side. Yeah. Our friends at mm-hmm. Evil Megacorp. 
<laughs> no. Oh no. That's when that's the signal that the podcast has turned to the dark side. Is when when it's our friends at the evil corporations. But smile, you want them. They got your back in that dark alley. They're going to you want them on your side. So I'm glad they're our friends. They're also on your side when it comes to saving time and today I want to talk to you about text expander touch. Text Expander Touch allows you to expand short abbreviations into frequently used text. It sounds so simple, but it is oh so powerful. Whether you want to expand something like a frequently used address, maybe a fancy email signature with an image in it, if you if you would like to do that, you can. Or maybe several paragraphs of a standard customer support response that you have. You'll love how easy Text Expander is to use to avoid typing that same thing over and over again. You can sync all of your snippets from Text Expander on the Mac via Dropbox to Text Expander Touch on iOS, meaning that all of your snippets are going to stay in sync on all of your devices. You can access your Text Expander snippets inside Smile's iOS app, or you can enable Text Expander in the tons of applications, over 60 applications, that have integrated snippets built right in. This includes apps like OmniFocus, Day One, Editorial, Drafts, and so many more. But the really cool thing is with iOS 8 came Text Expander Touch 3, which brought along with it the Text Expander custom keyboard. So you can expand abbreviations in all of your apps on iPhone, iPad, or iPod Touch. So now, even if an app does not support Text Expander snippets directly, you can still save all of that fantastic time and hassle and get all of the benefits of Text Expander absolutely everywhere. It just could not be done before iOS 8 came available to all of us. The Text Expander keyboard has quickly become the favorite of many on iOS 8, including myself. I love the fact that I'm able to just jump into any application now and just expand a shipping address. Or I can jump into any application and I can, you know, I can open up Apple Mail and I can throw it in and it will send out an email that I might send to somebody when I want to interview them on a show or something like that. It makes it very, very easy for me to do. Smile, respect your privacy. They ask for full access for the keyboard. But they do this so they're able to access the snippet data that lives inside the main app. They've updated their privacy policy on their website so you can read all about this if you want to. But you can trust Smile. As Jason said, even in a dark alley, you can trust them. Go ahead and go right now to the App Store and grab the new Text Expander Touch 3 and start saving time today. If you want to find out more, point your web browser at smilesoftware.com upgrade. Thank you so much to Smile and Text Expander Touch 3 for iOS for supporting this week's episode of Upgrade and Relay FM. So, iPads. iPads. There are a lot of iPads now. There are a shed load of iPads. <laughs> it's like an army. <laughs> they remember when people were saying how Beats was going to help Apple uh, deal with products that had lots of SKUs because they're all those Beats headphone colors and things like that? Oh, I, I didn't count. What, how many iPads models are there now? Like 50? Five. There's currently five iPads well, on sale. Well, no, but then then you've got the different sizes and the different colors. So oh, I, I, somebody counted yeah. uh, how many SKUs it is now, and it's it's an enormous number because you've got every size in three different colors, uh, and, then you, and then you've got the older models that are also available, like the 2 and the original iPad mini. Uh, and both the Air models are out there. And there's before, a lot of iPads. Before color, because I've just done a quick count, before colors, if you just take the different storage sizes and Wi-Fi and cellular, there are 22. So then for the two new models, there's multiplied by three. Mm-hmm. And then for the two older models, multiplied by two. Yeah, it's a lot of iPads. It's a ridiculous amount of iPads. Yeah. Collect them all. 
<laughs> I dare you. Someone has. Use and Apple then, Pay. And, but then the weird thing is, so you have these different... It's, it's so strange to me because you have five iPads that you can purchase, but they're kind of only two models, really, the iPad Air and the iPad Mini. That, but then there's different iterations on them from what's inside. Then there's different iterations for the storage. Then there's color. It's so confusing. It's like yeah. they're trying to dazzle people into buying their products. <gasps> I, I think what they're... I mean, what's happening with the old models is simply that they want to have something... The uh, it is the get them in the door with a low low price thing. Just like I was saying about the Mac Mini and that low priced iMac, it's the they, their competitors have these uh, cheap tablets and they don't want to make a cheap tablet, so instead they just sell their old tablet for cheap. So the fact that the iPad Mini is out there, the original iPad Mini. First off, all the developers are just beside themselves because it's got an A5 chip in it, just like the the lingering uh, iPod Touch that's out there also has the A5. It's the iPad 2, essentially, is still available as a new device that you can buy today, new from Apple, which is crazy. Um, so that's, I mean, that's that's one, is just to provide some pricing variety. That adds to the confusion. That's three models of iPad that the, the two, the original, the Mini 2, the uh, Mini 1 and the Air 1. And then, you know, the color variation is nice. I I don't have a problem with that. I don't think that's too confusing. The iPad was already so confusing because it's got cellular and not, and it's got the different sizes. So it's just cranking it up another notch. But the, uh, you know, having, it must be really important to them to to say iPad starts at whatever it is now, 239, um, 249. I don't know what it is for that original. You know, don't buy that model, but it's there. And it's and it's cheaper. The Air original Air for a hundred dollars less is not a bad deal, and the iPad Mini two I would argue is actually the best deal of the iPad Mini line. I would recommend people buy the iPad Mini two and save their money, and not buy the iPad Mini three unless they really need one hundred and twenty eight gigs or sixty four gigs of storage because it's um, exactly the same as the iPad Mini three except for Touch ID. That's you it. Can, you can live without it, like. It's crazy. I cannot believe they didn't update the processor in any way um, for the for the for the iPad Mini three. It seems what? because we we were given yeah. this incredible device with the Mini two, which is now called the Mini two. Yeah, we, it was such. I have to say though, Mini two and Mini three is awkward, but iPad Mini with Retina display was more oh, yeah. awkward. It was it was the it was the worst. It's just funny that they've re, they've renamed it re- retroactively. As the I, iPad Mini I like 2. they were like no numbers are too confusing. We're going to give them product names. No, product names are too confusing. We're going to give them product right. names and numbers. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be numbers it. from here on out uh, instead of specifying that it's a Retina display. And by the way, here's the iMac uh, Retina 5K. No, it's that's the iMac 5K, <laughs> 5K2. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, for one shining moment last year, the iPad mini and the iPad Air were at equivalence, right? But before that, the, the previous year, the iPad Mini was underpowered compared to the iPad 4, as I recall. Um, and uh, I think so. I'm not 100% on that one. And then, and then now we're back to that, which is they've upgraded the Air and they're not worried about the Mini. And the, I guess the question there is, is that because they really just want the Mini to be out there and be cheap? And this way, it, it can be cheap um, and their margins can be good? Or is it that it doesn't sell very well? I think that, I think, uh, you know, I, I've read a lot of stories that suggest that the that the Mini, they thought the Mini would sell better um, and that the Air is, is the winner there. And that, you know, the existence of the iPhone 6 Plus calls the iPad Mini 
uh, further into question, which, you know, I dispute because I use an iPad mini two every day and love it. And I didn't buy the six plus I bought the six and I'm happy with that combination. But I, I am prepared to accept that I'm uh, out of line when it comes to what people like with their iPads. I want to talk about the Air 2 because you've seen one, I assume. Yeah. Um, the thinness and the lightness. Uh, how much of a jump is it? I don't know. I mean, it feels thinner than the than the air but it was already pretty thin uh and it's I th- i'd say it's imperceptible the weight is imperceptible i i think you know ipads are not what we've learned about these devices is that they're not a one-year upgrade cycle so the real question should probably be compared to an ipad 3 or 4 how is the how is the air 2 and is way lighter and and uh thinner than those but it's incremental compared to the air it is noticeable um but not you know, it's not going to blow you away. And I, I don't think they're going to be able to blow people away with thinness and lightness again because there's not a lot left until they float <laughs> and are so thin that they are extruded into a different dimension. I think they're not going to get much thinner or lighter. I could be wrong. People could like get their arms cut off by the wrong angle of a of an iPad, but probably not. So, yeah, it's a little bit thinner, a little bit lighter. I, I really wonder at one point the thin and light thing ha- comes to an end. I'm, I'm going to write something about this at some point on Six Colors. But, um, you know, at some point, thin is not an advantage anymore. At some point, it's a disadvantage because it causes you to make a lot of trade-offs in other areas. Um, and I, I'm not sure uh, they needed to make the iPad Air any thinner than it already was. But they did. So that's fine. It's nice and thin. Just at some point, it's a, it's a... At some point, it's too thin, and I I I wonder if uh, what else they're sacrificing now is uh, would be more important to more people than it just being a little bit thinner. At six point is it six point one millimeters? Can it actually? I mean, I feel like we say this every time. How much thinner can it actually get? Like the components that they're putting in there have to have a like a minimum thickness to them. At some point, it has to stop, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is, uh, and this is what I want to write about too. Is that at some point, you know, it's so thin that it cuts you, right? So at some point, yeah. uh, even if you could make it thinner, and all the components can be thinner, um, and, and that's not true, they can't. Like the glass, there's a point physically where the glass won't be able to get any thinner, and the and the, you know, and it may be a lot more than we that it is capable of being today. But at some point, it's we're talking about just physics and the size of molecules, and. Um, so at some point, it won't be able to get any thinner without dramatic changes. I, I can't decide whether Apple's goal here is to eventually make it f- a flexible thing that you just roll up and put in your pocket or something, that it's a, a piece of paper, um, and if that's what they're going for. But short of that, short of uh, a, cr- a piece of paper that is actually an iPad, um, and even then you want it to be rigid enough when you're using it to touch on the screen and stuff and not have it like curl away um i don't know i, f- I feel like they're reaching the end I, I of the thinness thing and they need to be focused on you know better battery life and less power consumption and uh reducing screen glare which they actually are trying to do with the air 2 a little bit and other features like that that are more important than thinness because at this point the device is 
plenty thin and light. Um, having moved to the laminated screen, where the screen, like on the iPhone now, with a with a there's no air gap between the screen and the and the glass uh, that covers it. That's good. Uh, that's a step forward because it makes the uh, makes the the screen seem more directly under your finger when you're when you're touching on it. But um, but yeah, I I I feel like we are at the point where thinness is no longer uh, the dimension they need to be worried about or the dimensions, the wrong word there. It's literally a dimension. The, the feature that is the thing that drives them forward. It feels like they've, uh, they've got thinness pretty well licked and they should move on to something else. So the iPad air, I think is starting to show not like seams or cracks in, in, in the fact that it's thin, but there are hardware changes that are occurring that to me indicate the, the trade-offs they're having to make. So the rotation lock switch is gone. Yes. And the Apple SIM. Now, the Apple SIM is a very interesting thing because it's basically allowing Apple to put their own kind of SIM card into this thing. But what it's showing is they are struggling now to be able to have a removable SIM tray. Now, obviously, it's a benefit. The Apple SIM is, is kind of a, it yeah. is a, a great benefit, but it's showing to me that we're at the point now where they're having to make hardware decisions based on the thinness. So I, I just wonder, it can't, it well, can't in my, it, it was my thinking, how much further does it go? I don't know. I, I don't think the Apple SIM is because of thinness. I think the Apple SIM is because the last thing you want to do when you're stocking 70 different models of iPad is have to have yet again another multiplier because there's the one that's got this company's SIM card in it or this company's technology in it. I mean, like they're I trying am... to reduce that as much as possible so like everyone right out of the box will work with whatever and it's all in software and you don't have to pop out something because that is kind of ridiculous and primitive, right? So I feel like that's where they're going. They're probably motivated by thinness and I think the Switch is probably motivated by SIM simplifying and thinness but also i i bet they would tell you that they found they found that people don't use the switch very much yeah i mean i never use mine like i use mine um but i use it for as a mute switch i i i don't use it as an orientation lock Uh, and i i don't use it that often it usually just stays muted (laughs) yeah so, and they, they probably know, right? They probably have statistics of like the number of flips of that switch that happen on iPads and it's probably not very much. And they say, look, we can lose it and we'll, we're, we're getting rid of one moving part and it simplifies the hardware design and maybe it allows us to make it thinner. But you're right. At some point you're sacrificing like battery life. At some point you're sacrificing battery life because of this obsession with thinness and lightness. And, um, at, uh, and at some point battery, there's enough battery. Um, I'm not sure their products are quite at there's enough battery yet. Certainly the phone's not, but even the iPad, you could argue, could have a little more battery and that people might prefer a little more battery 14 hours or 16 hours rather than um, having it be a few millimeters thinner. Do you have any sort of steer? Is is it worth upgrading to the Air 2 if you have an Air? Like, is no. it beneficial? No, you don't think I, so. I, unless, you, I mean, unless you really, really, really want Touch ID. And you've got somebody who, you know, who you can hand down your iPad Air 1, 2 in your family or something like that. But I, I don't think I don't think these are products that are made for uh for a one year buying cycle. They're not. They're not. There's no nothing that jumps out. I don't, I think even the glare thing isn't quite 
it's better, but it's not like they solved the glare and now it's like a Kindle Paperwhite. That's that was foreshadowing, by the way. Um, it's not it's not like that. Um, this is a product that the real question is: Is it a lot better and thinner and lighter and faster than the iPad Three and the iPad Four? And it is, and it is. But if you just if you've got a three, I, I wouldn't unless you just are somebody who loves 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 Touch ID. And, uh, you know, shine on you, Crazy Diamond, if that's you. <laughs> uh, and then for the iPad Mini 3, I wouldn't recommend it to, you know, anyone who's got an iPad Mini 2. There's no point. So let's talk about that Retina iMac. Yeah, it's right behind me. Have you set it up? I'm in the future. Yeah, it's right here. And how do you feel about it? Like what? What was your initial impression when when Apple showed it off and you got to see it for the first time? Was it like the you know how you mentioned that if you look at it, like you you lose twenty five hundred dollars from your wallet? Like is that is that how it is? <laughs> it's just you do beamed have out. One, so <laughs> it's beamed out. Um, well, I'm I'm in a weird position too because I've got a uh, I've got a uh, amount of money on uh, on Lex Friedman and Dan Morin and John Moltz's podcast, uh, the Rebound. They were Dan was referring to this as his. Uh, like his his rich uncle died and left him some money for a computer, but uh, you know the reality is much more uh, boring, which is that there's some money that those of us who left IDG get to uh, toward our future, you know, work endeavors. And one of the things we can do is buy computer equipment with it. And uh, at the event, Dan Frakes reminded me that that was the case, and I was like, oh no, because <laughs> now now I look at that iMac and I think, oh, I've got I've got to buy a computer. It could be that iMac. Uh, if you've seen the Retina MacBook Pro, uh, that was the revelation, right? Because it was like, oh my god, it's a Mac at at Retina resolution. This is, I mean, it's like four of those <laughs> screens tiled together, but that that's what it is. It's a Retina Mac. It, it, it's not revelatory in that way because it's just a Retina Mac. Now it's huge, and because it's a twenty-seven, I mean, it's a huge screen. It's all Retina. It's a pretty powerful computer. Too. I mean, it's easy to lose sight of that, but this is the, you know, both of the processor options for this thing are powerful quad core, you know, there's an i5 and an i7 um, with some pretty impressive graphics capabilities. So the specs look really good, which is why so many people we know who are really gigantic Mac nerds who are Mac Pro users or Mac Mini users or are talking about buying an iMac. And these are people who back in the day, remember when the iMac was the, you know, the the low end computer for not serious people. Uh, this is the opposite of that. This is the antithesis of the original iMac. Other than that, it's an all in one because this is a, a you know an amazingly powerful thing with this crazy screen on it. And you know, like Marco Arment is you know he he made an order. He's going to buy one. He's going to ditch that Mac Pro that they spent like a year talking about on ATP. Mm-hmm. And I don't I I totally understand that. I'm I'm probably going to get one myself. I made an order and then I canceled it when I found out I was going to be reviewing one because I I uh, I'll find out a lot more about what I feel about it by using it myself for my review and then I can make an order if I want to uh, buy one but um, it's understandable why people who would not have bought an iMac before would want this thing um, not just for the screen but because of all the other specs so but it's not for you right you're gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna get something I mean even if it's a good deal at 2500 or 2000 pounds that's still a lot of money it's a good money it's a good deal but it's 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 really expensive and what you do and what I mean and really what I do but what you do is I mean a big screen is nice but it's not quite as necessary no I I, 
I'm not massively interested in putting my money into the desktop computer. I just need yeah. something that can process audio quickly. Right. But I never do anything on it other than the editing. So I just need RAM and an SSD, really. Right. Um, I have I have a decent amount of RAM in the Mac Mini. I can't remember how much off the top of my head, but I never have problems there. It's just the speed that it takes to read and write from the discs that, that causes me problems. And you wouldn't get a Retina MacBook Pro because of the audio in and out dedicated. Well, that, I'm using a Retina MacBook Pro now as my main computer, but I don't oh. ever record on it. So, I, like, for example, hmm. to, to do all of the work, I have a Retina MacBook Pro, like, to do all of the, the show stuff and things like that. That's my machine. But the production machine, the Mac it's Mini. A, it's a Mini is just for production. It's purely for it. Skype calls and recording and the posting of the episodes. Ah. But everything else I do in a Retina MacBook Pro, which I adore. Um, but my main computer, the computer that I'm spending a lot of money on, I would want it to be a laptop. Right. Because you get the added benefit of portability. Yeah, I um, having a pretty good MacBook Air, which is what I use as my main system now, um, what this would do if I got the iMac, I mean, now that I've got this office in my garage and I, I'm working out here, I realized that's why I was in a market for in the market for a Mac Mini is the um, is I thought, you know, I leave the laptop docked a lot of the time and maybe I should just get a desktop and have the laptop live in the house, the rest of the house, and me use it when I'm on the couch and things, which a laptop is good for, and have something dedicated out here. Um, and so I'm still thinking about that. But but uh, I agree with you. If, if, if I had to choose, I would not want to have some like compromised, awful thing that I could take around with me and have some amazing thing that stayed rooted to the desk. But I'm fortunate to have a pretty good MacBook Air. It's a last year's model. So it's in, it's in, you know, it's great shape. So, um, I get to do both if I, if I get that iMac. It's good though. I mean, it looks great. Uh, we'll see how it performs. Everybody's got questions and I'm looking forward to testing it out. But, um, you know, in terms of what it looks like, it looks like an iMac, and in terms of what the screen looks like, it looks like the Retina MacBook Pro, except more, much, much, much more. More Retina. Yeah, more, more pixels, right? Because it's just, it's enormous. That That's a 15 and a 13 inch diagonal on those MacBook Pros, and this is a 27. So it's a lot of dots. That's the, an awful lot of dots. Is the pixels per inch lower? I don't know. I haven't looked. Uh, probably not, but I don't know. I, I can't remember. I think I saw something about about it, but because I guess with a screen that size, probably doesn't need to be that high because you're far away from it anyway. Because that's the thing, right? Retina is relative, <laughs> pretty much. Um, it kind of just depends how close you are to it. Yeah, it's I'm, all I'm, about it. It's all about how close you are. I'm on the site now, trying to find <laughs> something, just anything that would give me that information, but I'm not having much luck at the moment. Yeah, I don't know. So let's say yes and or no. Sure, it's one of those. And we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get some follow up on that, and we'll feed we'll feed back on it next week. How about that? Uh, it, chat room real time follow up two eighteen PPI on the Retina iMac. Two eighteen. Neil Posner, I think, in the chat room. Uh, two eighteen. So it's it's lower than on a phone, but the idea there is that's always been the case with the with the uh, Mac that. You're using it from a little bit further away. Cool. It's a lot of dots. iOS 8.1 was released today. It was. I updated immediately because nothing ever happens that's bad. 
I if you updated, update your iOS immediately. I was terrified to do it, but I did it anyway. And why'd you do that? Just because you wanted to have it? Yeah, why not? Dangerous. I, but it, I need it worked to have out. faith. I need to it have worked faith. fine. It worked fine. And I well I wanted to I wanted it because I wanted to try out Apple Pay. And so I, you know, so I could write something about Apple Pay, which I did. I, I downloaded it and walked to Whole Foods and bought some stuff and I used my phone and it worked and then I walked home. And I blew away the uh the uh the guy at the checkout line because he was like, What just happened? Because I mean, he knew I was doing it because they have little stickers everywhere. That's like, oh, Apple Pay, you can use that now. But um, it was all very abrupt. It's just sort of like he was waiting for my next part in the payment process. And instead, uh, the receipt just printed out. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, pulled out the, the, I pulled out the lines from your, uh, your review, your live review of Apple Pay. Uh, Tyler, your, your Tyler. checkout assistant. Yeah. Um, said both oh you're gonna try that when you try to do it and whoa i don't know what happened like (laughs) i love that clearly whole foods had not trained him at all on what he was going to be using today it felt it felt to me like he had been trained so he was he was he was ready to do it but he'd never seen it actually work with a customer before because i mean literally i walked over there as soon as my phone rebooted so um unless they had some sort of beta you know apple beta tester person they've just got the corporate like training about it but nobody'd actually used it in practice i was probably the first person in their store to use it and so i you know i told him i was going to do it and he was like oh and it sounded very much like oh yeah they told us about this but i've never seen it and then so then he saw it in action he's like whoa it's just, you know is what just hap- happened was very much like you know unbelievable you didn't do anything you were just standing here with your phone and it says you paid uh which is true that's exactly what it was i mean the the i didn't even need to like tap the phone to the thing i just i kind of held it in my hand and roughly in front of where that was the, the little terminal was and it and it slid out the little apple pay thing and i put my i put my thumb kind of like put my thumb on the touch id like to unlock the phone to do something I, I don't know i wasn't really thinking straight about what i was doing i was like oh well I'll, I'll, this apple pay thing is happening i'll unlock my phone and see what i do next and you know that just paid for it <laughs> i just put my thumb on it it just paid which is fine because that's what i wanted to do and just before i knew it i had paid for my chicken and peanut butter and i was out of there weren't you gonna get Manchego? I don't even know what that is. So I, I was Manchego is a kind of cheese that's from Spain, so it's near you, Mike. And it's oh, a I very it's a very taste tasty, tasty cheese. And I was gonna get some Manchego and some beer too, but um this morning when I was running over there, my wife said, We need chicken for dinner tonight, so buy some chicken. I was like, All right. And and I and I didn't want to do a big shop, shopping trip because I really needed to get back and write the story before my phone call uh with Apple actually about the iMac. So um so yeah, I I didn't get the cheese. I'll have to go back over there sometime. I can I can go. Whole Foods is five minutes from my house. I can go there anytime I want, and I don't even need to bring anything but my phone, and I can buy everything in the store. That's how it works, right? Yeah, I mean because it's free money. Yeah, it's just my phone. It's yeah, Apple's it's, money. I think that's what that means. Apple I, yeah. pays. I think that's what that <laughs> Apple, means. That's, I think that's probably probably it. Apple's paying for this. Apple will pay. If they were our enemy, we'd say someday Apple, you'll pay. You'll pay Apple. But now they pay every day now, apparently. So, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to go back for some Manchego later because that's a good cheese. Seems like that it hasn't been without the hiccups, though. I've seen a couple of people just either A, like it's just not working, um, or B, Apple said these cars would work. However, no. 
They well, do not a lot, work. It's day one. It's it's the morning of day one, and so I think some uh, some people like Dan Morin found out like his cards are supposedly supposedly work, but um, but don't. Um, but I, I'm unclear on whose cards are working today and whose cards are working eventually. I have a Chase, uh, a Chase Sapphire card, and it was it was uh, it worked. Um, I could I couldn't use the take a picture of it, use the camera to enter in the numbers thing though, because my credit card's strange and puts the numbers on the back instead of the front. It confu- just confuses everybody. I don't know why they do it. Um, it's to make you look more elite, Jason. I think so. It's a weird credit card, but anyway, yeah. it was in there. But this is going to take time because you know it's not just Apple. It's your bank has to be an Apple system and and support the new thing, and uh, that that's going to take time. And this is all U.S. only. We should say. I mean, this is this rollout is starting in the U.S. and will eventually go elsewhere. The U.S. is certainly ripe for disruption in this area. But um, but it was cool. It was fun. I'll do it again. Uh, it beats, even if I have a card in my, in my wallet, in my pocket, it, you know, it, it beats taking out the card and swiping it and saying, okay. And signing and all of that. I mean, I'm not going to sit there with like the lady in the video and be like, Oh, getting this card out. It's so hard. I wish there was a better way. Apple pay. Uh, <laughs> thank you for saving the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks. Apple pay. You made it all better. Bling. Something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was, uh, I'll do it again. It was fun. It, it, it was fun and it's easy. And everybody who's used to having their phone out in the checkout line anyway because they're bored, uh, now you just leave it out and pay and you're done. And you walk away. It's pretty cool. I think but just it's early a, days. From a pure infrastructure perspective, it's very surprising to me that... Um, like stores like Whole Foods and I've seen other people like tweeting of the other things that they've been you know buying today. It's it's just interesting that everyone's ready. You know, I I know that there's there's hiccups, yeah. but it's yeah, a it's, huge undertaking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then and then they announced it, uh, giving them a month to prepare further, it sort of openly about it, but. Yeah, Apple's got some clout and they've got good connections with the banks and retailers are getting on board. And I'm sure, you know, the 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 part that we don't read about is the people who make these systems. And presumably that's a big part of this, too, is the people who make the payment systems, who are integrating the payment systems with all these companies. You know, they're probably getting leaned on by the retailers saying, well, this sounds cool. Maybe we should support this. And they're like, yeah, 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 we've got a software update that'll do that. And uh, and so that's that's the part beneath the waterline here that's also going on, which is, you know, the provider of payment systems to, you know, these five major companies. Um, and they've got an update in a month that will support Apple pay. And then they'll be, then they'll be on board with it. I mean, that's all it's, it's a, uh, it's amazing. I mean, that's why I chose to walk to whole foods is that whole foods was one of the like five places on that slide on the announcement. And I thought, okay, they've got it locked down with Whole Foods. And I've been to our Whole Foods, and I've seen the new terminals. I know they're ready to go. And likewise, I knew which one of my credit cards was like on the slide on day one when they announced this thing. And it sent us an email saying, you can now use Apple Pay. And I thought, all right, I can do this. Not everybody can yet, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the, the best case scenario here, which I did. And I got uh, peanut butter out of it. So, and chicken. Yeah, they were probably a pretty good bet for, for one of the ones that was going to work if you went there. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I would have written about it if it didn't work. That would have been an interesting story, but it worked. 
It worked fine, and putting in the number was easy too. I mean, it's literally like filling out a, a form to buy something online. You put in your credit card number and your and your uh, ex- expiration and all of that. And then my my bank, it, it was a two factor. It sent a text to my wife's uh, cell phone with a code, and then I entered in that code, and then it was authorized. So it was all it was pretty pretty easy, and I, it felt fairly secure. So yeah. So that about wraps it up for today's episode of Upgrade. If you'd like to catch the show notes for today, you can go to relay.fm slash upgrade slash six. Um, if you'd like to find us online, I am at imike, I-M-Y-K-E. Jason is at jsnell, J-S-N-E-L-L, and he writes over at the fantastic sixcolors.com. If for some crazy reason you listen to the show and don't read Six Colors, you're missing out. It's a Really one of my favorite new websites on the web, and I don't just say that because I get to talk to this guy every week. Thank you, Mike. Um, our friends over at Six Colors. Wait a second, that's 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 me over there. Yeah, uh, and and I'm getting my Kindle tomorrow, so we've got more things to talk about. And and Yosemite came out, and we <laughs> haven't talked Kindle. about that yet. Poor little Kindle. One day, Kindle. One day. Yeah. Maybe next may, week. I, I will have definitely. used the Retina iMac, so I think next week might be the week for the Kindle talk. But we'll see. We'll see. Kindle talk with Jason and Mike. That could be our five-minute uh, t- vertical podcast at the beginning of the show before the real show starts. Poor Kindle. And thank you so much to our sponsors for this week. Smile and Hover. Friend. Friend. Our friends. Friends and sponsors. Smile and Hover. We'll be back next time. Say goodbye, Jason. <laughs> goodbye, Mike. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.